Welcome to the Step Change podcast from me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. My podcast is established to help you with your thoughts in the development of your business. This Step Change podcast is entitled The Entrepreneur's Journey. And in this episode, I'm joined by Alex Glass of Easy Storage to share his journey. We will explore why they started, what they've learned, the highs and the lows. So welcome, Alex. Hi, good afternoon, Mike. Thanks for joining me uh, for this uh, latest podcast. Firstly, tell us a little bit about your current business. Uh, well, Easy Storage, I guess, is a storage company. Uh, it's also a franchise. It's part of the Easy group of uh, companies. Uh, and my wife, Emma, and I launched it uh, last October, so October uh, 2020, uh, after a fairly sort of extended period of due diligence where we were kind of looking at, you know, whether it was a good thing to get involved with or not. Um, in, in essence, it's a storage company. Um, so there are warehouses and you know lots of stuff belonging to other people that we look after for extended periods of time but the unique uh, piece about it really is that normally storage is a sort of a DIY uh, situation for the customer where they have to take all their belongings transport them to the warehouse transport them within the warehouse which isn't always apparent and then bring it all out again eventually at some point in time in our case, we do that for the customer. So we'll we'll always go to their property or their business. We'll collect everything. We'll take it off. We'll store it. And then they simply book an appointment when they're ready to get it brought back. And we bring it all back to them at the end of the storage period. Sounds fantastic, actually. It sounds like you're taking all their pain away to get them the solution that they need, I guess. So. Yeah, that's that's that. If you speak to anybody that's got, that has a storage experience and you tell them what you do, they kind of roll their eyes and go, oh, my goodness, I wish I'd known about this a few months ago when I was going through it myself. So it's it's quite um, an easy value proposition to get your head around, I think. Yeah, awesome. So I want to take you back to the, the, the first business that you, you owned um, and when you went from employment to business what what was the reason what sort of fueled your thoughts to become a business owner to become an entrepreneur yeah that's a that's that's a long story man um i worked in uh semiconductors uh, my background's in electronics i worked in semiconductors for i don't know 30 years or something um lots of almost entirely in silicon valley in california um and for companies that worked out of there um, and I was on a kind of a, you know, I was just on a corporate pass, right? And I, I had done well. I, I, I got to senior management at a fairly young age. Um, and, you know, life had, had been kind of continually going in the same direction, which was just kind of upward and onward. And, you know, you, you start looking after a territory and then you end up looking after a country. Then you're looking after Europe. Then you're looking after North America. Then I've got a global responsibility. And the thing was just getting kind of bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but there was a point at which we we kind of took a pause uh, and collectively Emma and I, my wife Emma and I, um, just kind of sat down and just said, well, you know, what what is this all about? What are we, what are we doing this for? You know, it, it seemed to have gotten a life of its own. You know, there was a sort of an inexorable momentum forward that we almost felt like we didn't have any control over. And at one point, I think we felt like we did. But by then, we we just didn't. We were just kind of kept getting offered new jobs, move here, move there. Here's another job. Here's another job, you know, and, and you know, before you knew it, um, you, you didn't feel like your life was your own, you know? So we, I guess the, the first bit was we we decided we were going to get off that particular train. We, we didn't want to be on it. We hadn't really intended to be on it. Um, and But it, it, it was a quite a big step to step off it, particularly because you're thinking, well, what on earth are we going to do instead, right? 
Um, and at the time we were living in California and the kids uh, were sort of getting to sort of teenage years. So the school bit was getting more important. Um, and so our, our journey into starting our own business started with moving back from the States locally um, to let Emma start uh, training to be a midwife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me to start thinking about, okay, th- let's see what kind of, you know, a new venture we can formulate here that will allow us to be UK based, which is one of the other things we wanted to do um, and have something that was kind of locally sustainable. It didn't involve me traveling to every corner of the world. So tell me about that first idea and what, what sparked that first idea? Um, it was a book. I have it here. It's okay. my rich dad, um, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki book. And brilliant book. Brilliant. You can't see this on the podcast, but we might well see how many post-it notes I've got on this thing. This is wow. like read and reread, and um, and the, the essence of of you know his philosophy, I guess, in, in a nutshell, is that you you know you're often better off owning your own business. You're often better off um, owning assets that generate income for you, um, and that you know in, in in a lot of ways that's a very simplistic way of describing what he talks about. But that kind of started me thinking that okay, you know, having our own business was possible, having our own business that maybe had its, had some tangible assets in amongst it was maybe desirable. Um, and that's that's kind of the, the way that we started to head. But actually, practically speaking, what happened was we moved back to the UK and I went to London Business School for a year. And the idea was that we were consciously going to create a fire break um, from my old life to my new life and then use the, use the year of the program at LBS to think about um, what that business might be. So in truth, when we moved back, I didn't know what it was going to be. I had this Kiyosaki thing in the back of my head, and I knew that I wanted to take a year of not working uh, in order to try and work out what it was going to be. So it was a bit of a leap of faith. Emma was very sure what she wanted to do. I I wasn't at all sure what I was going to do. And when you decided what you were going to do, can you remember where you were at that moment of time? Is it a particular place that sort of went, ah, that's what I'm going to do? Um, yeah, our first business was a property business and, uh, we, uh, got into it pretty much when, you know, like all best laid plans, right? We're, so we're coming back. I'm not going to, I'm definitely not getting a job for 12 months. I'm going to do this thing. Um, within a couple of months, we started buying properties and, um, we're then, uh, renovating them and flipping them, um, just for kind of, you know, transactional, uh, profit on the deal. Um, so we started doing that pretty much straight away. Um, and we started doing that uh, largely because we, when we were in the States, we were avid watchers of BBC America, would you believe? And we were watching Home, Home Under the Hammer, Homes Under the Hammer all the time. Yeah. So we had this notion that, that you could maybe buy stuff at auction that was a little distressed and maybe you could you know, do something to it and add some value to it. And it, it started as a as a background project while I was uh, studying that we would uh, buy and, and sell these properties along with uh, me working you know at, at uni and Emma doing her thing. So uh, I'm afraid uh, I can't remember his name now. Martin something or other, isn't it? And Lucy uh, were the the guys that you have. Robert, Martin, and Lucy were the the three uh, the three catalysts for the journey that we ended up on. Brilliant, oh, great story. And. In terms of when you then sort of first started your business, what, what were the sort of first things you did? I mean, can you remember doing in terms of you know, to sort of start the ball rolling? Yeah, I mean, some of it's um, 
some of it's kind of tactical, right? You know, you you know, for that particular venture, you need access to a good bit of capital, and you need to also be lend. You know, you need to be fundable, right? You need to to be able to present the picture that the lenders are looking for in order to be able to fund you. Um, and then there's, there's there's mechanical stuff. You've got to, you know you've got to find the properties. You've got to get used to the process. You've got to understand that that you have to be able to move very quickly. Um, and and the, the the high level bit is you you've got to be able to see value where other people don't see value. Because um, ultimately you you know you're in a a competitive situation for a particular acquisition and. If, if somebody can see the same value you can or they can see more value than you can, they're probably prepared to pay more for it than you are. And then it's just an opportunity that never became anything. So developing that sense of whether you could do that or not um, was quite something. And then being in the auction room and the, the gavel going down on your first property and you've now committed you know, a large amount of money to this notion that you can do that is quite a sobering experience because you suddenly think, okay, it's not a spreadsheet anymore. We actually have to, we have to go do this now, right? So I, I remember that quite distinctly. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's uh, certainly there's moments in our entrepreneurial life, isn't there, where there's that sort of reality factor, that, 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 that moment. So talking about um, moments in our business, what's been your biggest challenge to date? Um. Yeah, that's interesting. There are several, really, I think. Um, I'm quite restless as a person um, and sort of intellectually restless. So um, I'm always kind of trying to find little kind of tricky problems that I don't know how to solve and go explore them and unravel them, like picking at a knot kind of thing, you know. So that's been a challenge because, you know, I think the skill set you need to start something is not necessarily the same skill set as growing it or maintaining it or, you know, or further into a period of maturation. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of increasingly aware over the years that I'm, I'm most interested when I'm starting something and growing something and i'm not particularly engaged when it comes to actually maintaining and sustaining something so that's quite a challenge because it, it basically means that you you've kind of got i don't know you've got kind of add of some description right you you, you kind of get to a point where you feel like you understand what the problem is um and then you say okay great well go do something else now right so the, so there's a bit of that which is a personal um, sort of character thing I guess you have to come to recognize over time mm. um, and then other things are, are kind of circumstantial I mean like the COVID thing we're, we're, we're all in the middle of right now you know we we developed a notion that we needed a multiple income stream strategy uh, because we didn't want to be completely reliant on any single activity um, so that's really now why we have you know a residential property business uh, a hotel you know, we're now doing the easy storage business and also Emma runs her own uh, private midwifery practice. So that that's largely because, you know, we, we don't want to wait until we have a problem before we, you know, build our bridges and build our defenses against uh, possible uh, threats that we might incur, if you see what I mean. So um, we, we've, we've always kind of been sort of fairly, fairly paranoid in that sense that you know you're only a, a you know heartbeat away from something going wrong and you have to be ready for it you know mm, yeah, exactly and then you were saying to me we we'll just sort of pause from the questions a minute just to reflect on the hotel business because uh, you're saying to me that during the pandemic you wasn't perhaps as hard hit as other hotels 
tell us a little bit more about that? No, um, I mean, you know, as anybody listening to this that's in the hospitality business or even just been paying attention to the news, I mean, the hospitality business has been hit, one of the industries has been hit very, very hard, right? And um, and we've we've managed to weather the storm on that, I think partly because we didn't, so strangely, we didn't want to be hoteliers, right? We wanted to buy this building and, the, and its best use was as a hotel. But we didn't want to be Basel Faulty, you know, we didn't want to be in the hotel. So we built this thing to be totally hands off, right? Digital door locks, computer booking systems, no reception, um, you know, very light touch operationally. Um, and that at the time, that was fine because, you know, our client base was white and blue collar contractors visiting Reading for work, you know, coming through Monday to Friday, going home, coming back on the next week and just doing it again. Right. So it was very um, um, orientated towards our customer base at the time. But, you know, fast forward into a COVID environment and you suddenly find yourself in a situation where your operating model is actually pretty well suited to anybody that's got any kind of vulnerability to the virus and or frontline workers that needed to be in a relatively secure, somewhat isolated uh, living environment. So we were able to, as, as our white collar and blue collar customers evaporated virtually overnight, um, we were able to really ramp up uh, in a couple of different areas. So our, our model lent itself quite seamlessly to shift our customer base quite quickly. So actually, uh, we, 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 I feel sort of a bit embarrassed to say it, but we, we actually had a, a pretty good year in 2020 because we were well positioned to cater to a different customer base. And, and now the challenge is, of course, we're coming out of that. So, you know, now we have to, to migrate again um, and, you know, do we continue doing what we're doing? Is that customer demand going to maintain itself? Mm-hmm. You know, you would imagine our traditional customer base is going to start coming back to us. How do we manage that transition? Do we consciously go one or the other? And so, you know, there's, there's another challenge coming our way as we emerge from this situation. There's a, I think a lot of business owners will find themselves trying to work out you know, what's next, right? What what happens next and how do we adapt to this ever-changing uh, situation that we find ourselves in? Yeah, because it's certainly not going to go back to normal, normal, is it, in terms of immediately? So, yeah, good point, good point. Right, yeah. So let's flip back the other side then. What's been the best moment as an entrepreneur? Um, actually, I... Th- I think it's kind of similar as to what I had when I had a job job, really. Uh, I... I always found the most rewarding thing was the people side of it. I think, you know, when you, when you work alongside people that you feel either that you're benefiting from being in and around them, or you're somehow benefiting them being in and around you, I, I find that terrifically rewarding. Um, and it's been the same in our, you know, small kind of entrepreneurial way as it was when, when I was kind of working for, for corporates and things really. So we've kind of consciously not wanted to be operationally involved in our business um, on a day-to-day basis. You know, the old, uh, you ever read that book, the E-Myth uh, Revisited and things? It's all on your shelf there. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. All you. So, you know, that that's another one that, that really resonated with me. You know, that classic conundrum of being an open, own, owner operator and being just completely handcuffed to your business and not having a life and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, We've consciously built teams quickly from early stages um, in order to be operationally free. And in doing that, it's meant that we've we've built some really nice teams with some great people that 
you know, have really thrived in that environment that uh, they, they could really feel like they had, uh, you know, a, a real piece of what we were trying to build and that they really owned it. They weren't just working on it. They were, they, you know, they had a, a piece of it and it felt like it was theirs as much as it was ours. And I think that's happened to us a couple of times now since we've started these, these uh, smaller local businesses. Um, and, and it's nice when it works out, right? I mean, it's nice, you know, when the business stays around and it's nice when, you know, you're, you're able to pay your bills and all that kind of stuff. Um, so don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's nice to, you know, our property business has been going since 2007 now. So we've got a little bit of longevity there. Um, so you enjoy that bit too. But I think that's the bit I reflect back on that, you know, that we've, we've really kind of, um, I think that we've impacted people in a positive way along the way. And I think that's, that's important to me at least. Yeah, and I, and I certainly know from all our engagements and people in the network that, that talk about you do reflect as you being a people person. So uh, I'm, I'm, that's a nice reflection. That that's your best moment as well. Um, so what one tip would you share with other entrepreneurs then? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of like, like from the Nike school of management as far as that goes. It's to just do it, right? I mean, I think, you know, the, the the hardest thing I think is taking the step, the first step. Um, and depending on your environment, they, you know, you like when we did it, um, the environmental situation wasn't good, right? Because everybody that you knew, everybody that you worked with, you know, your family, the whole thing, were all immersed in a kind of a job sort of mentality in our where where we were at the time. So there isn't a, there isn't really a great deal of support for this idea that you're going to blow the bolts on this thing, you know, move home. You don't know you don't know what your job is. Hold on a minute, you know, all that stuff creates an awful lot of um, um, inertia. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff pulling you back the way that you came, and I think those first steps are hard to take. Um, so I would say just do it and learn fast. Your plan means nothing two minutes after you finish writing it. Uh, you know, you did. You need to remember that you just made it up. It didn't come down off the off the hill with uh, on a tablet with Moses. Um, you made it up. You probably got some stuff wrong. Learn fast and move. But move. Always move. Always be making decisions and always be moving forward. But just learn. Don't don't be so stuck on what you thought the first thing was that you can't let go of it. You need to be, in my view anyway, you need to be very nimble and not really hold on to things too hard um, in that sense. I don't know if that, does that kind of make sense? Uh, I love it myself. Yeah. I love it myself. I think um, I always say to uh, business owners that uh, what you do will give you an outcome and it's what you learn from that outcome that, is then your future. Um, if you don't do it, you don't learn from anything. Um, only, like you say, what you probably made up in terms of the business plan anyway. Um, what one thing have you perhaps learned then that you'd never do again? Hmm. It's back to people again. People are so central. I think, I don't think it matters really what kind of you know venture you've, you've embarked upon. We, we've had... A mixed experience of working with other people. Um, once because there were simply just too many people involved in the venture, and that's just a headache. It's just, you know, the proverbial herd and cats, right? You can't get anybody to agree what time it is or what day of the week you're going to have the meeting on. It's just, 
it, 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 it's just very, I find, I found it very, very hard. And if I found that it reminded me of my corporate life, the thing that I didn't like that much, you know, that thing where every time you need to make a decision, you've got to check in with umpteen different departments just to make sure everybody's on board. And, you know, and, and some of them make sense because they're directly affected and other ones don't, but you've still got to do it because, you know, if they're not involved, it's going to be a problem and all that. Right. So I think I, I, I'd say I, I avoid like the plague now getting involved in uh, ventures that have multiple people involved at a kind of an owner ownership level. Um, and then the other one, it, which is related to that, is, you know, pick your partners very carefully. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, we wanted to get into storage for quite a while. We really like the sector. You know, if you've ever had a chance to look at it, it's a good business to be in. It grows. It's profitable. You know, it, it has a lot of good things going for it. But we couldn't find the partner. We couldn't find someone to work with that was that felt like we wanted to be in, engaged in that kind of way for an extended period of time. Um, and I think you know, you, you, I mean, you must have seen it yourself, right? I mean, sometimes those relationships work out tremendously well. Sometimes they don't work out at all. Sometimes they're great for a while, and then they they kind of fall apart halfway through. Um, so I, you know. My my kind of jaundiced view of things now is if we can if Emma and I can do stuff on our own and we don't really have to partner any with anybody at all other than maybe the bank, that's kind of the way that we like to do it now because it just it's just simpler if we uh, if we do it that way. That might just mean that I'm not really good at managing that very well. I don't know, but that's that's uh, been my experience of that, and uh, that would be one of my takeaways. I think. That's, that's great. And I think I would be in that club. I think that's a whole new podcast because if I was to share the uh, amount of uh, partnerships that I've uh, I've chosen that probably didn't go to plan, um, hence one of the reasons of coming back out on running my own business and uh, uh, that way. So, yeah, that would be a whole different podcast. So what about- just don't play well, Mike. That's what it is, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> just like being in the corner of the playground with our own ball and our own sandpit looking after ourselves, right? And like just letting the other kids do their thing, you know? I think that's been said about me as well before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about what about your motivation then? What fuels your motivation? Um, it, it's just that restlessness, you know. I, there, there's there seems to be no end to it. It's just insatiable. I don't know what it is. I, I've always been that way. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm just. I'm, I am just restless. I want to learn new things. I've always. I've always had a kind of a general thought that as long as I was doing a, good, a decent job and I was learning something new in work anyway, mm-hmm. that things would never really go that far astray, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really just been the thing that's pro- propelled us from you know different roles in corporate jobs to you know what we're doing now. Um, and I think that's the essence of it. There's just a sort of an energy there that is is both a good thing in some ways and is also a uh, a limitation in other ways um but but it's the way you are i think by the you know you somebody said to me once you know you 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 can kind of uh, uh change your behavior but you can't necessarily change your character that much uh, and i kind of buy into that so you you kind of you know that you're you're wired that way and you know in certain circumstances it makes you behave in a certain way which sometimes can be good and other times it can be not so good right so you know, one of the things I find difficulty with is like trying to, you know, you know talking about books a lot. You know, the Seth Gordon book, The uh, the Dip. Mm-hmm. I always find that difficult working out whether I'm in a dip or a cul-de-sac. Because <laughs> my brain always says, no, no, I'm in a dip. There's a way out of this and I just haven't found it yet. 
and and then obviously in the book, obviously it says, no, no, sometimes you're in a dead end, right? And you just need to realize you're in a dead end and get out of there. I find that hard because my mind is always thinking, no, no, there is a way out of this. I just haven't worked out what it is yet. And another great recommended reading reading book there, certainly. So is is uh, is is Emily uh, the the other side of the equation in terms of uh, keeping you on the yeah yeah yeah? And no, she is really. I mean, Em's um, uh, a sort of a very much a, a sort of a grounding factor. You know, she she sort of describes me as a balloon on a bit of string that that is anchored to the ground by her holding on to it. Um, and that's that's not far off, but not far <laughs> off true. So, you know, whilst you know. I'm, I'm kind of more like, hey, yeah, let's do this. It'll be fine. We'll work it out. And I was like, well, hold on a minute. You know, what <laughs> happens if that doesn't work out? And, you know, maybe we've got to do something else. So um, we're very um, complementary in in that sense. Uh, my my uh, sense for danger and risk is is not that great. And Emma's is pretty good. So <laughs> and she, uh, she keeps me on the trainer wheels most of the time. But, um, but now we work, we've, I think that's another key thing. I mean, if you're going to work with your partner, you know, your, your family, your life partner, you know, you have to work out, you know, where you stop and where they start and then, you know, where work stops and where life starts as well. Right. So we've been doing that for a few years now. And I think we've largely kind of worked out, you know, how we fit together and, you know, where our sort of skill sets are. But yeah, no, definitely, definitely Emma's the, um, the, the, the sensible anchor um, <laughs> rather than me. Brilliant. Brilliant. And so what's next? What's next for you then? What's what's this year hold? What's the future hold? Um, well, in the immediate um, uh, time, we, we've got to take this thing from being a startup to uh, being something more sustainable. And we have to get out of it operationally. So first uh, sort of principle really, uh, well, first principle, make sure the thing actually works and, you know, we can grow it and do a good job for our customers and everything else that goes with that. Uh, but for us personally, we, we we are already building the team that will give us the operational freedom that we need um, and that we must have. We didn't get into this to take on, uh, you know, full-time jobs at this point in our lives. We, we, we took this on because we thought it was a business that we could build a team around um, and it had some longevity to it. So I would say for the rest of this this calendar year and probably into the first part of next, it's really about getting to a point where we are um, involved directly in the business for sure, but we're not operationally involved every day. Uh, that's that's a big one. That's a big kind of personal objective, really. Um, and the business objectives are many, right? You know, we, we, we have to have more vehicles. We have to transition to our own warehouse at some point in time. We have to scale. Uh, you know, we have to make money, you know, little things like that. Um, so those are the things that kind of preoccupy us uh, most at the moment. And I think the other thing is, you know, we've ended up in a kind of a portfolio type scenario. So we, we can't lose sight of the other stuff. Um, mm. You know, we are somewhat preoccupied with storage right now, but our property business needs attention. You know, our hotel business needs attention. You know, Emma still has clients that she looks after. So, you know, we, we, we can't be completely myopic, uh, mm. although we are kind of proportionally balancing in our time towards the storage venture at the minute yeah excellent and just a thought really what what sort of three words would you use to explain your entrepreneurial journey in full any three words that stand out three words oh my goodness is that three words oh my goodness (laughs) it was it was yeah i didn't think that um hmm, that's interesting um i think one would be kind of accidental okay um, I, I didn't set out 
I didn't set out to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of happened over over uh, over time. Um, actually, it's funny the entrepreneur thing. It, it doesn't always sit comfortably with me because I'm not sure. I don't know how entrepreneurial we really are because we tend to go for franchises, you know. And I I kind of think that's almost like a safe harbor uh, in some ways. You know, you're not you're not taking the full risk of starting something completely from scratch off your own back. You know, you're, you're kind of looking for people to guide you along the way. So I would say, um, yeah, one of, one is accidental. What's the other one? The other one is, um, I, I need two more, don't I? Oh my goodness. There you go. You put me oh on the spot, goodness. Mike, and now I'm did, struggling. Man. I did you follow this spot? That's cool. No worries. So um, if people want to know a little bit more about your businesses, how, how would they find that out, Alex? Um, well, we're on LinkedIn, so if you uh, have a look for uh, Alex Glass uh, and probably put Easy Storage in, that's probably the one that will pull me up on LinkedIn uh, most easily. Uh, you can certainly reach me at alex.glass at easystorage.com. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're, we're quite kind of active, as you know, Mike, in a lot of the networking stuff uh, that you, um, you're involved in as well as some other things. So you, you'll probably just see us around the place. We're kind of like the proverbial bad pennies. We just keep popping up in different spots right now. And if it's not me, it's not Emma. So if it's uh, if there's somebody on a networking call and, and they're wearing bright orange T-shirts or something, chances are it's probably us. And look out for those big orange vans. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Alex, thanks very much. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for sharing your entrepreneurial journey um, and the insight in terms of that journey with us. You're welcome, Mike. It was fun. I enjoyed it too. Thanks, Alex. So thank you for listening to my latest Step Change podcast. As always, I hope you found the content interesting, thought-provoking and useful in the development of your own business. Please do subscribe to this podcast and when I release the next episode, you'll be one of the first to know.